You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Monday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guest of the week. In the next fifteen minutes or so, we'll be hearing all about the Hong Kong International Literary Festival, which is celebrating its twentieth anniversary this year, and it will run between the fifth to the fifteenth of November. And once again, Radio Three is a proud radio broadcast partner for this amazing event. And this year, they will also be featuring a wide array of of local and international authors, but that's enough from me. To tell us a little bit more, I'm really, really delighted to be joined by Catherine Platt, the executive director of the Hong Kong International Literary Festival. Welcome to the program, Catherine. It's great to finally meet you. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you, Noreen. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really, really pleased to be here. I'm really happy that you can be here as well. Um, we previously liaised for the Young Readers Festival, and just for our, our listeners uh, listening on the radio or. On Facebook. We've been liaising um, sort of uh, via WhatsApp and uh, via email while you were stuck in the US, but we'll get to that uh, story later on. We are on Facebook Live as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to, and you'll be able to say hello uh, to Catherine there. So tell us a little bit more about this year's uh, literary festival. Sure, yes. Well, this, so as you mentioned, this is the 20th edition of the festival. Um, and of course, this year is unusual in many, many ways. Um, I think the idea was always to have um, a special celebration to mark the anniversary. But then, of course, this year, everything turned upside down and um, our planning <laughs> has gone through many iterations. And so there have been many questions about what kind of festival we would be able to do, to put on. Um, but I think we've ended up with something that's really um, it is new and different, um, but it's sort of the best of all worlds. Um, we, it's a hybrid festival, um, so we, we have, do have a lot of virtual programming, um, which means you, you know you can watch at home um, on your computer. Um, but we also have been able to go ahead with some live events. Hopefully, I mean, obviously, things can still change, but you know it's only two and a half weeks to go now until we start. So, I think um, that we will have some some live events that people can come out to as well. Yeah, that's exciting as well. I mean, when we think about hybrid events, it's great that some people may not necessarily be able to go to those physical events, can then enjoy, um, can be a part of the festival remotely. And it actually opens a lot of global, uh, people can join from across the world as well. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. I mean, when, when I first started contacting authors, it was a lot of sort of, you know, we hope you can come to, you'll be able to come to Hong Kong, but if not, perhaps you could join us remotely. And, and many, because people are very, very keen to come to Hong Kong and spend some time here. So there were a lot of people saying, yes, I'll come if I can. Uh, but then it gradually became clear that travel wouldn't be possible. But I think um, we have a... Um I mean, I think we, we have been able to put together such a substantial program in terms of uh, international authors because, you know, it is much easier for people to join um, from their, their kitchen or their, their office at home um, just for an hour. So people who wouldn't necessarily have, have, have tra chosen to travel have joined us this year. And there's just fantastic. such a wide range of events happening. And I love how organised your website is in terms of organising sp uh, sp talks and things via um, genres. And so there's something well, that needs a little bit of updating. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yes, it's a lovely idea. <laughs> it makes it easy because sometimes, you know, you're looking at uh, what's going to happen and you think, oh, maybe I fancy a bit of poetry or a bit mm. of short story or, or sci-fi. So that, that's a wonderful idea. Um, mm. So do tell us some of the special guests uh, you have, uh, you want to highlight for our listeners. Yes. Well, just um, what you're saying about genre also, I could, I could just explain a little bit about our theme as well this year. Um, yes. We decided... Um, that uh, present tense future perfect, as well as being a sort of little grammar uh, joke, was um, a good way to organise our events. Um, because, you know, we're not just about obviously fiction as well, but we do have a lot of sort of non-fiction ideas based um, books and uh, events. And we wanted to think about sort of some of the issues that are really um, in the headlines at the moment and that um, this year, especially with COVID and health and climate change and all, all the other things. And then also looking looking more sort of into the future, you know, across a range of different issues. So it was a nice way to kind of tie things together. Very clever. And I like the, <laughs> the, the little joke. <laughs> and then, of course, I had we had some his, history things, so I had to put some past perspectives in as well to go with the, the present tense. Um, yeah. So what? Um, so in um, like in terms of the future perfect, and but one of our opening events is um, uh, a fascinating book um, called The New Long Life. And it is really sort of about how how we adapt to live in the kind of present realities in terms of longer living and sort of career changes. And it's sort of it's a roadmap for um, the sort of post pandemic world. So we thought that would be a great thing to start off with. That book is by two um, professors from the London Business School, Linda Gratton and Andrew Scott. Um, we also have um, well, we have. Um, um, uh, a book that's about like our relationship with things it's sort of about recycling and stuff you know and how much how much junk we all own we're consuming um, yes that we consume adam minter wrote that book but then he he's going to be in conversation with kevin chung who is a hong kong based artist who specializes in upcycling kind of recycling making things out of junk so what an interesting conversation that will be i think so i'm really looking forward to that one um, and a sim along similar lines, we have one about the future of food, which is um, Xiao Wei Wang. Is um, she's a Chinese American um, sort of artist and writer, and she works at the sort of intersection of technology and design and food, which is another kind of interesting area. And she's written a book um, called Blockchain Chicken Farm, which is sort of she did all this research in rural China about how food is developing and what sort of how food is going to be produced and kind of engineered in the future. So that's um, those are some of our sort of looking forward events. Um, but I also should highlight, you know, we have some amazing um, fiction writers coming. Kevin Kwan is going to be I think a big draw for a lot of people. Crazy rich Asians. <laughs> yes, exactly. And his, his new book um, is called Sex and Vanity and it's a sort of um, modern take on um, a room with a view you know so it's about um, a woman who goes on holiday to Capri and falls in love with a very glamorous Chinese man who she sees there and then of course they break up and then they get back together. anyway it's, it's typical sort of Kevin Kwan fun uh, sort of social slightly so social satire but S slightly relatable but then also not yes <laughs> exactly um, and Shannon Lee is another one, um, not, not actually non-fiction, but she's the daughter of Bruce Lee, and yeah. she's written a book about her father's 
sort of life philosophy. It's very reflective, very interesting about sort of how to take his philosophies, his philosophies from his martial arts, but how he applied those to life and how she's sort of extended that and written a book about it. Wow, there is really something for everyone. It's such a wide range of different, you know, whatever genres, whatever kind of talks we want to go to, there is really something there. That's what we tried to do. We tried to make it um, a very uh, accessible accessible program so that, you know, if yes, if you're into literary fiction, we have, you know, um, Colin McCann, Sebastian Barry, Jhumpa Lahiri, who's um, an, an author I really love. Um, but then if you're into interested in um, politics, um, there's a couple of really interesting events. David Frum, who is the editor of The Atlantic in the States, um, he's going to be talking about sort of well, of course, the uh, the festival starts on November 5th, so right after the US election. So that'll be a kind of um, analysis, post-election analysis. Um, we also have uh, Bob Davis and Ling Ling Wei, uh, two Wall Street Journal um, journalists who've written a book about the US-China trade war. And it's fascinating because Bob, Bob Davis was based in Washington, D.C., and Ling Ling Wei was based in Beijing, and they really both had access to sort of in the kind of corridors of power and the people who were really behind the scenes. So they've written a fascinating book that sort of looks at how the trade war developed and what what may be happening. Wow, and if you're a history buff as well, there's a, lots of panels, a panel discussion on history things as well. I, know, I noted you have Professor John Carroll as well and Elizabeth Sin who's written a book. Yes, yes, um, yes, so. yes, we do. To, um, both of them Hong Kong historians and another book on the same panel by um, May Holdsworth and Christopher Munn which yes. is about um, tycoon or the whole sort of um, justice judicial system in um, colonial times so yes that will be interesting and actually another interesting history panel Julia Lovell is a um, um, uh, a British historian of China um, and Rana Mitter as well. Made, they're, they're going to be talking together about sort of nationalism and, um, well, Rana Mitter's book is called China's Good War and it's really about the sec China's role in the Second World War and how it developed China's international relationships. Very interesting, in, mm. in, well, especially now when China seems to be in the news a lot as well, so yes. for, for people who are interested in, in that. Um, mm. Catherine, I mean, how do you go about, how do you and your team sort of go about planning all these wonderful events? And then how long ago did you start planning? Because uh, give us a bit of a backstory of how you started working with the festival also, because you've just arrived in Hong Kong. I literally have just arrived <laughs> a month ago and two weeks in quarantine. So I've, I've been out of quarantine just over two weeks. But I started the job in April, um, and of course I was meant to come sooner. I would have been here much sooner, but um, with the travel restrictions and the various waves of um, of a sort of semi semi lockdown in different different parts of the world, that, that wasn't possible. So I'd been working remotely, but um, luckily I have an amazing team here um, and a fantastic board who is support supporting um, me from a distance. And then you know I I because everybody's working remotely this year you know even i would call in and set up you know set up meetings on zoom but people i was talking to in hong kong were on zoom as well yeah. so you know even if they even if they're just around the corner they couldn't meet in person so actually it was fine to do it remotely it just meant that i was on a kind of crazy schedule because i was 12 hour 
time difference. Of course, and you had to be on sort of Hong Kong time. I had to, yeah, so I'd start my my working day at sort of eight p.m. and then try <laughs> work until quite late, and then and then try to do some, a bit more work. Had your the coffee day. handy? Yes, <laughs> lots of late night tea drinking, coffee. Um, but yeah, my background. Well, I um, so I lived in uh, Chengdu in Sichuan Province for twelve years. And um, part of that time, I was running um, a literary festival um, set up by the Bookworm, which was it was based in sort of Beijing, Chengdu, and Suzhou. And I ran the Chengdu venue, so I I built um, a lot of experience, sort of programming events, mm. international events, but in the sort of China context. Um, then I moved to the States, and um, I ended up setting up a new festival there in Montclair, New Jersey which is just outside New York and is a fantastic town to do something like that because, um, you know, half of the writers for the New York Times live there, a lot of publishers, publicists, authors. So I um, I did that for four years and again, I built up a, sort of a, lot of, a lot of contacts and experience. But when this job came up and a friend sent it to me and said, oh, look, they're looking for a new director for the Hong Kong Festival, I just thought, well, that's perfect. It brings everything together. East meets west, sort East of. East meets yes. west, yes. I mean, I've been, I've been based, um, I've been coming to Asia for a long time, sort of thirty years. I've, I've lived in um, Beijing, uh, Taiwan, uh, Hong Kong briefly, Chengdu. So, that um, very much where my interests and passion lie. Yeah, um, and you mentioned earlier just now, authors want to come to Hong Kong as well. Does Hong Kong have that appeal? Do, do a lot of um, international authors want to come to Hong Kong to talk about their work and promote their work? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think, I mean, you know, for um, the festival circuit is sort of part of um, how authors promote their work and um, um, it's all part of the sort of literary ecosystem, mm. you know, the sort of publishers, writers, readers, um, uh, booksellers and and increasingly literary festivals. Yes. But I think I remember um, Amitav Ghosh saying that if he accepted every festival invitation, he would just spend his 12 months of the year touring. just touring the world, <laughs> going to festivals. So they have to be selective. And I think, you know, it was the same in China, but and very much in Hong Kong, the the opportunity to spend four or five days here, mm. explore the city, um, you know, go. And then I think if you're here in person, you can do so much. You can do so much um, with school events yes. um, and um, speaking maybe at, on a university campus. And then you can do sort of writing workshops and have opportunities to meet readers from a different country, different place um, in, a, in a variety of settings, which... I know, you know, authors always, we always get great feedback, you know, that, that it would, they had a wonderful experience and, mm. and especially perhaps if their books are being published in Chinese, then there's an, you know, they want to come and, um, scout out their fan base. And yes. They sound like such rock stars, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah. many of them absolutely are yeah. rock stars. From my point of view, yeah. authors are rock stars. Absolutely. Mm. But, you know, it's it often sounds um, a lot more glamorous, but when they're actually touring, it's actually hard work, to be honest, because they, they there's a lot to fit in. They do different events and they do talks at universities as well. Well, once we get them in, we'll grill them a little mm. bit about their hectic lifestyle. Maybe this is a welcome break um, that they're able to do remote, uh, do, do a lot of talks remotely. Well, mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about that then, about the challenges and maybe even the opportunities you've had to curate the festival. I mean, what were mm. some main challenges that you've had uh, for, for this event? Well, I think um, 
the main challenge was really the uncertainty about this year, about what would be possible, you know, whether we would be able to do anything live. Um, we, you know, we went through a number of scenarios. Should we cancel? Should we postpone? Um, before we decided, right, you know, we, the, the opportunities for um, a virtual festival are, are so fantastic. We should really go and ahead with that. Um, and, um, and I think there's also an opportunity in that uh, another festival director said to me, you know, with, there's no um, live sport, there's no sort of stadium music or th even live theatre. So, you know, but we can really jump into that sort of gap <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> encourage people to attend events about books. You know? um, and I think I think a lot of people have been tuning in to, and reading, you yes. know, um, several people have said to me, you know, books have saved my sanity this year. And um, so I, I think, and I know book sales have gone up. I was reading some statistics of sort of 30 to 50% increase in online book sales. So um, so that's an opportunity for us to, and um, other another line I loved was that, um, you know, you have your first responders taking care of people's physical health, but arts and culture organisations are really um, second responders. You know, people's emotional and psychological health uh, health is also uh, suffering this year, and, and with the and even the more so because it can be incredibly isolating for people who um, maybe living overseas from their family aren't able to travel home, and like you said, mm. maybe books and and the art really really um, can can save people. Yes, yeah, it can really be an incredible support and resource, and and so we wanted to make this fe this festival very flexible and very accessible. So which you know you can, um, I know everybody's keen to kind of get out and come to live events. So that's an option but you can also watch so we have 76 events and I think 30 are online purely online um, about 15 are live and then we have 21 that are really hybrid events where you can either come to the um, venue and you and see the some of the authors will be on screen and some will be in the theater so wow. it's kind of a real mix um, or you can also tune in and watch that online um, we also we wanted to make it um, very flexible in terms of price so we have about 20 events that are free of charge um, the rest you know the online access is very reasonable and you can also buy a festival pass which is very good value for um, $500 for adults and 350 for students and that gives you access to 50 events Wow! out of the 76 out of the 76 wow. yes yes because we have 15 live and then so the, for the live events if you buy the pass you can then get a discount on buying tickets for live events too yeah. in terms of the live events where will it be held this year so we, um, the two main venues are tycoon and also asia society that's great both are really conveniently located so <laughs> there's no excuse yeah. to, to miss on this event finally uh, Catherine, are you on social media as well how can people find out more about uh, this year's festival have you got a website yes yes a good idea to go to our website um uh, festival.org.hk and the full program of events is there um, and you can buy tickets you can also go to ticket flap which is our ticketing partner and um, and the schedule's up there too you can follow us on facebook instagram um and twitter you've got lit, lit fest underline hk um 
And um, and I should say everything is in English and Chinese as well. We do have a lot more Chinese language events this year, and um, and also a lot of our events will be available with Chinese subtitles afterwards. So oh, that's, that's another great. way we've tried to make it more accessible and to obviously represent a lot of local writers. Exactly, and it's such a great mix that you do feature so many local writers as well, and and it's it's it means a lot to them. It's a big deal because a lot of times their work, you know, should get the recognition that they do, and events like yours will help them. Deserve, uh, get their recognition as well. Well, Catherine, such a pleasure to meet you today. Thank you so much for your sharing. And I look forward to going to all your events. Well, try to. Um, and of course, we'll be featuring many of this year's authors on uh, Radio 3, on the 123 show and uh, various programs on Radio 3 as well. I know Anne-Marie will be doing a lot of the history ones on Hong Kong Heritage. So we will be bringing you, uh, you closer to a lot of these local and international authors. There will be 76 events uh, running between the 5th to the 15th of November this year and the two physical venues are Tycoon and Asia Society. Don't miss out for the Hong Kong International Literary Festival. For more information go to their website which is festival.org.hk and you can look them up on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Many thanks once again to Catherine Platt, the Executive Director of the Hong Kong International Literary Festival. Thank you very much. Thank you.